Hi, welcome to Bovine Science with BCI. I'm Brad White, joined today by Dr. Philip Lancaster on diving into diets. Good afternoon, Philip. Good afternoon, Brad. So we're happy to have you with us, and, and I know we've got some great discussion today on thin cows. And, and we're going to talk about ways that once we find out they're thin, see them as thin, that we can get them back up to where they need to be, some of the tools and techniques as we go through the process. As we appreciate you listening. If you have topic suggestions that you'd like to hear on diving into diets, you can certainly send us an email at bci at ksu.edu. And this is our opportunity to, to really get into the details on some of these that we don't always have time. And Philip, I'm, I'm going to start out by just setting a scenario and saying that there are times, nobody plans on my cows getting thin, but there are times through the winter and it can easily creep up on you, right? You're looking at the cows every day. You don't notice gradual changes. And then all of a sudden, one day you go, man, my cows are thin. I'm coming up to calving. And, and what do I do? So I may, I may just start there in broad terms. What are some of the first steps if a, a producer called you with that question? What, what would be your first steps? Feed them more. <laughs> okay. So well, maybe, and, and, and as you identify the issue, th th let's talk about definitions of thin. What's your definition of thin? Well, so let's, I guess, kind of along the same lines of the question, what, what body condition score do we want those cows to be in at calving? Because that, that has a big impact on their postpartum interval and getting uh, those cows rebred in a timely manner for subsequent um, calving seasons. And so we're shooting for somewhere, let, let's say we're working with mature cows here, we're shooting somewhere between five and six at body condition score. And so if I get cows, you know, down between four and five, I'm gonna say that they're a little too thin and I'd like to get add some flesh to them. And if I get below that, then, then they're really thin. You know, I, I may have some at three that are body condition score three in certain situations probably not less than that unless there's been a big problem. So, yeah, so threes and fours are the ones that I'm, I'm concerned about, and we need to do something about those. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned mature cows. In our replacement heifers, I might call one with the BCS of five thin. Mm -hmm. Is that yes. fair? Yeah. Okay. So for, for this scenario, let's because replacement heifers still grow and they've got some other issues, Let's set them aside for the rest of our discussion, or we may come back to them later, but let's set them aside for now and focus on the mature cows. So let's say they're at a body score of four or five, most of them fours, a few fives. They're thin, and you mentioned it, it goes to stage of production. And as we record this, we're coming through the winter, we're coming up on calving. Uh, let me just put the scenario in place that, that we're a couple months from calving and I've got some body score four cows. Now what? Well, so now I need to, to try to figure out how am I going to get them to body condition score five by the time calving gets here. And so, you know, you, you said two months. And so to me, that would probably be the, the least amount of time I'm going to be able to affect change. Um, if, if I'm down to a month before calving and their body condition score four, and I'm going to have a really hard time getting them to gain a hundred pounds in a month to get to a body condition score five. Now over two months, I can do that. I think I can get them to gain, you know, 1.75 pounds per day and get them to body condition score five in 60 days. But that's my first step. How long do I have? 
Okay, so now I know, okay, what, what's my target average daily gain? And so once I know my target average daily gain, then I can start to figure out, okay, what are my feed resources? How, how am I going to manage this nutritionally to get those cows to gain weight? Um, and so what's the – let me ask briefly. You said I can get them to gain 175 to maybe two, a little over two. What's my, what's my max I can get them to gain? And, yeah, I'll just ask that. I, that's probably pushing it. Um, okay. I don't know. Trying to was trying to think at the top of my head um, earlier, looking at some coal cow type data, what you could get coal cows to gain. Um, but, you know, two and a half to three pounds is probably going to be the max of what you get a coal cow to gain weight. Um, and so, it, you know, two to two and a half is probably going to be the max that you can get a um, gestating cow. And we're going to have to have, just in my mind, relative to rations, I'm going to have to feed her a lot to get that because her maintenance, I mean, compared to a feeder calf of 500 pounds that I want to get to gain two pounds while I'm backgrounding him, mm-hmm. way different than this 1,100-pound cow that should be 1,200 or 1,200 that should be 1,300 mm-hmm. to get her to gain that extra weight. Yes, um, it's going to be hard to get her to gain that extra weight. Um, and and you got to take into account, too, a couple things for that's going to make it hard. One is she's thinner, so she has less insulation um, to begin with because of less fat layer um, under the skin. And so cold weather is going to affect her more severely than a body a cow in body condition score 5. Um, and so her maintenance requirements in cold weather are going to be a little bit higher. Um, and so, you know, just some, some math I ran the other day um, – if you're looking at maintenance energy requirements for a, a cow that's at body condition score five, if you have some cold weather that's going to, you know, it, it drops down to single digits or, or it's wet and a little windy and her energy requirements goes up, go up 50%, you're looking at about four pounds per day of supplement just to maintain her energy uh, need or meet her energy needs during that situation. So that's if she's thin. If she's not thin, that that well, that's if she's not thin. That's if she's not thin. Yeah. Okay. So, so if she is, so for so for think of that in two ways. One, if she is thin, it's not going to take as severe winter weather to increase her maintenance energy requirements. And if she's thin, severe winter weather is going to increase her maintenance energy requirements even more than a, a cow that's in good body condition score. Okay, so but our cows in good body condition, you're saying if it gets really cold, it's wet, it's mm-hmm. muddy, and dealing with mud's a whole other issue. But then about four pounds of supplement just to get them back to base, just, just to, to keep just them kind of mm-hmm, even. Just to keep them kind of even. Yep. Um, and you know that obviously depends on how long that cold spell lasts and all that kind of stuff. But um, how long you may need to do that. But so if I, that cow that I'm trying to get to gain weight through this time period of these, say, January and February for cows that are going to calve in March, it, it gets really difficult to get them to gain weight. Um, and so I'm going to need to – it's going to be more than supplement, generally, unless I've got some really high-quality hay that I – or maybe even some corn silage that I can throw put out there instead of my typical hay. Um, if I'm, if I'm uh, delivering purchased feed like a – a range cube or a so distiller's grains or some commercial mix 
then um, it's going to take a, a fair amount of feed to get her to gain weight um, and, and gain 100 pounds in those two months. Okay. So when you talk about supplement, you said I might not just have to supplement her. Maybe define supplement. What In your mind, when you're saying supplement, what does that mean versus feeding her? So when I, when I say supplement, you know, I'm usually thinking, you know, something that's around, you know, half a percent of body weight is it'd be supplementation. So, you know, for a, sorry, I do that math in my head real quick. So for a 1300 pound cow, that would be seven, six yeah, and a half pounds. Yeah. So that'd be, yeah, about six pounds or so for, for a 1300 pound cow. Once, once we start pushing above that, in my mind, you've switched from just giving her supplement to meet a nutrient deficiency to where now I am feeding her a, say, a ration to get her to perform at a level that I want. Um, and in this case, that's gaining weight. Um, and so, you know, I don't know, have, know that math in my head, and you, you need to sit down and do that math, but if I need to gain her, get her to gain one and a half pounds a day or so, then, you know, I'm going to be pushing up there probably eight or ten pounds of supplement a day to get her to gain weight. To, to get, gain, her, to to get gain her that much weight. Yeah, to get her to gain more. And that's and you're talking in addition to whether it's supplement or feeding, we're saying in addition to their hay. Yes, in addition to their hay. And then if the hay is moderate quality, my supplement strategy may be a little bit different than if it's high quality. But let's say most of us deal with moderate quality hay. Mm -hmm. When you think about supplements, sometimes I'll I'll break them into kind of two categories. Am I looking to supplement energy or protein? And which of those are you most concerned about in this thin cow scenario? So in this thin cow scenario, um, I am most concerned about her energy needs. Um, So energy is going to be the primary driver um, to get her to gain weight because most of her weight gain is going to be in body fat. And so, which doesn't require a whole lot of protein to deposit body fat. It's, it's cal- calories, carbohydrates is what I need to get into her, uh, which, is, which is energy. So give me some examples of feeds that we would supplement to cows that would, be, that would fall into this kit that you'd go, oh, yeah, that'd be good, good, good. So I'm looking at things like distiller's grains, uh, soybean holes, wheat mids. Um, remember, I don't want to get a whole lot of starch. I can use some corn. But I don't want to get a whole, whole lot of starch in that diet because then I start to negatively impact forage digestibility. And so then that becomes a, a hindrance to me getting her to gain weight. And so, so I can add a little bit of corn to it, but I want most of that to be what we call highly digestible fiber sources. And those are those things I just named off. So give me some ballparks of where because if I have corn on hand I mean that's the first thing when you say I want a high carbohydrate diet I'm like oh boom corn Mm -hmm. we got a whole bin full so we'll start feeding that but you're saying don't feed corn because what it's going to do is the primary component of her diet is hay and if I change how she's digesting or I I have too much starch in there it's going to cause her to not digest her hay as well get the benefit out and then I'm not really back where I'm started but I'm not I'm not making the improvements that I want to. Mm-hmm. So what level of corn or high starch feeds would you be concerned about? We usually use kind of a rule of thumb that if above 0.3% of body weight um, in a high starch feed is kind of that point where you may start to negatively impact forage digestibility. 
Now that in reality, that number varies a little bit based on the quality of the forage that you're using. A lower quality forage, that number needs to be lower. A higher quality forage, that number can be a little bit higher. Um, but that's kind of a, a ballpark number that we use. So to put that in terms of pounds for that 1,300 pound cow, we're looking at somewhere around, was it, three to four pounds? That is going to be the limit of how much corn I want to I want to feed her. So so if I'm needing to feed her 10 pounds of a supplement to get her to gain what I need, then then I don't want to go over 30% corn or so in that supplement. In that diet. Because mm -hmm. the rest of it, if I have some of the distillers or corn gluten, I, I, I've got some, I can still use those components. And you're not worried about those going over that limit. No, no, because the starch is all gone out of those things. So if, number one, the wheat mids in the, the soybean holes um, don't have much starch in them to start with. Uh, but then when we process that corn for, cor for uh, corn oil or for ethanol, we're using pretty much all of the starch out of that, especially for ethanol. Um, so dried distiller's grains is, is very low starch. Corn gluten feeds a little bit higher starch, but not too much. Okay. So I'm going to have to create this diet, figure out how much I'm going to supplement them, and it needs to pair, help the digestibility. But if I'm going to get them to gain this, even if in our scenario we've got two months and we've got to make up a body condition score, I've got to get them to gain pre pretty decently during that period. Mm -hmm. um, is this a scenario you'd think about, should I put them in a dry lot? Should I keep them on pasture? Does it matter? Does that play into this discussion? I don't know that that matters um, unless it affects some things like her ability to get out of the weather. You know, if if I've got a dry lot where I've got a barn or a good wind block and I can keep it dry, because so that, um, then that's that's okay. Um, but but then if I can't, then maybe she's better off out on pasture, and so. We can talk about some of those things that are going to affect her maintenance energy requirements. Nobody calls them mud lots. But, no. so, but sometimes <laughs> the dry lot is not dry. <laughs> so, so there will be times you may be better off on pasture or not. Mm. And we have to feed a fair bit. One scenario that I've seen people do is the whole herd's not a body score four. So I'm going to take those that are fours, put them in a dry lot, and feed them. Mm. Uh, but then I'm feeding two groups of cows. What are your thoughts about separating the cows? Is that beneficial? And what percent of the herd would you have to have before you'd even go, yeah, that makes sense to separate them? Um, well, so I almost look at it backwards. So you have to think about how many cows am I going to feed too much feed to, let's put it that way, and that's going to be a lot of cost. So if I've only got, you know, say 10 to 20 percent of the cows that are in body condition score of five and I have most of my herd is thin, separating them may not be a huge difference because I'm going to feed 80 to 90 percent of them to get them to gain that body condition score. Now, if that's a flip flop and 80 to 90 percent of my cows are in good body condition score, I don't want to be feeding all of those cows extra feed because that's a lot of extra feed when I only really need to be feeding, you know, 10 to 20 percent that extra feed. So coming up with a plan helps us get through those cows that are thin, figuring out their supplementation plan, might have to feed them, might have to put them in a different environment. 
let me ch let me change a little bit and go toward let's say they're not thin but they're a body score five right and i'm going through winter and i want them to calve at a five to a six so yes i'd like them to gain a little but i for sure don't want them to lose any mm -hmm. so let me think about that supplementation strategy um, and, and I've got a couple questions there. One related to, I'm going to feed some of the sa same things you talked about, right? The distillers, uh, uh, not really high starch feed, not a big corn component. Do I need to feed every day to supplement? I know there's been some work done that you can do every other day. Do I just feed twice as much every other day? Is that still fine? Um, so a lot of the work that's been done looking at feeding frequency has been focused on protein supplementation. So if I've got a forage that or a hay that is a little too low in protein and they need some protein supplement, then I'm feeding small amounts. You know, I'm feeding one to maybe two pounds a day. And that cow has the ability to recycle nitrogen. So they have a very, with the rumen and the rumen microbes, they have a very good ability to manage nitrogen loss and the fact that, that they recycle a lot of it. If I feed them extra, they'll recycle it. And so I can get by with feeding them twice as much every other day. Um, I can even when get I'm by When I'm supplementing with, protein. Yeah, when I'm supplementing protein. I can even get by with feeding them three times as much every third day. Um, and so because they have the ability to recycle that. And, it, and it's not having a big effect on rumen health. Now, if I've, got to f if I've got to feed her five, six pounds of an energy supplement and I'm going to go to every other day feeding, now I'm feeding her 10 to 12 pounds at one time. And so that makes a big difference in fermentation rate in the rumen, the production of organic acids, and, so then, and rumen pH. And so that really has a big effect on rumen health and the fluctuations of, of the rumen environment from day to day and throughout the day. So... No. Yes. So yeah, I I would not look at supplementing a high volume amount of feed that I'm, I'm that uh, I'm trying to increase the energy intake of those cows every other day. That needs to be an everyday type of of. Um, so it really plant. depends on your goal of your feeding program because when we're feeding protein, fine. Well, if we're feeding energy every other day, is probably not the right solution with high volumes. Although, do I get some benefit if I feed every other day with the low, like I feed the daily amount, mm -hmm. but every other day, so I'm not getting that high starch load. Would that give me some benefit or am I just wasting well, my time? Well, I would get some benefit, but you're not feeding them enough at that point. So just, so think about that. So if, if I feed them, say they're supposed to get four pounds a day and I feed them four pounds on Monday and four pounds on Wednesday, well, then really they only got two pounds a day. Um, through Monday through Thursday. And so um, I am not giving them enough. It's, you, don't get, you don't get twice the benefit from feeding every other day or you don't, you know, so it's, it's going to even out over the course of time. So there could be some value if I only need to supplement them a little bit mm -hmm. to do it. Yes. Okay, so back to my, my other question, and again, relative to time of feeding. You mentioned earlier really cold, really bad weather. We have those times in the winter where we go, okay, there's going to be a bad storm. It's going to be really cold. If maybe most of the winter my cows are making it on hay, but I go, hey, something bad's coming in, do I have any danger or is there any advantage to, I'm just going to start them on energy supplement for just this short period of time? Because I know when we talk about starting calves, you don't 
not feed them anything for a while and then you feed them for a while and then you don't feed them again uh what about cows that yeah for calves and cows i'd say that's a little different situation um in that with calves i'm feeding a diet that is probably 50 60 70 percent concentrate and then you know 30 or 40 percent forage and roughage um and so by fluctuating that intake has a big negative effect on rumen health but with a beef cow i'm going to supplement her for cold weather say i'm going to say she was getting you know one or two pounds of a protein supplement now i'm going to bump her up to four or five pounds of an energy and protein supplement for you know the next two weeks because it's going to be really cold then i'm not too worried about that as long as i'm not using a high starch type of feed if in that situation i would try to avoid any starch and I would stick strictly with my highly digestible fiber sources. Um, and then I'm not f- fluctuating rumen um, environment very much at all. And then I'm okay yeah. basically turning it on and yeah. off with the weather. Yes. And then in that case, unlike the where I put you where we're feeding every other day or doing stuff, we're feeding when they're going to have increased requirements, right? You talked about earlier uh, really cold, they might need two to four pounds of supplement just to maintain through that period. Mm-hmm. And I think those are the things that can help us keep from getting in the situation we talked about at the first part where we've got those really thin ones, right? Because mm-hmm. it's easy to lose weight over those periods of time, whether the, especially if they're protracted cold periods. Yeah, those cows can look really good going into those periods, and then when they come out, they look a lot worse than you expected. Yeah, the problem is it's hard to see, you know, if we, if we really think about what's happening there. I mean, so if they lost 20 or 30 pounds, I don't, I'm not sure I'd be able to pick that up on a cow. Mm-hmm. And if that happens a few times in a row, all of a sudden we've lost a whole body condition score. Mm-hmm. So, but it happens over the, over the winter period. So thinking about supplementing those cows, b- back to our initial question, thin cows, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them up to speed. Your, your plan was basically do a good assessment, figure out where I am today, use that to make a ration that will get me to the period, that, the place I want to be at the time of calving, and then I'm going to do it without – high starch feeds. I'm going to do it with some other supplements. Even though I want to get energy, I'm going to do it without those high starch feeds because I don't want to change the rumen diet or the rumen digestibility of the hay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Anything I missed there? No, I don't think so. I mean, the only other thing I would have just evaluating whether you think it's economical to sort those thin cows off and feed them differently than the rest of the cows depending on how many cows I'm going to have to feed extra feed to. Yeah, and so you just kind of do the cost-benefit math there Mm -hmm. of are we going to provide extra feed to too many or be able to supplement those others? And then the reason I ask the the end questions there, labor plays a role, right? So when I'm feeding and how I'm feeding those cows, and and we know efficiency-wise there have been some papers out there. We've talked all the time about supplementation, but from a hay standpoint, their hay utilization is better if I feed less amounts more frequently, then mm-hmm. even though it's way more convenient for me to go put out a week's worth of hay and have them go at it, they'll have much more wastage. These supplements have to tie into my hay and labor management plan as well, but it doesn't make it, it doesn't make any sense to try to supplement energy in an infrequent pattern like it does on protein mm-hmm. because of how they recycle the nitrogen. Yep. Excellent. Great information, and hopefully this will help if you have thin cows, and hopefully 
help avoid thin cows in the future. If you have anything else you'd like us to talk about on diving into diets, send us an email at bci.ksu.edu.